0: Turn to your neighbor first. And um, turn to your neighbor that's sitting next to you and say, neighbor. Check your heart. Check your heart. Yeah, turn the other way. Y'all know how we do this. Say, uh, Yeah, say other neighbor. Other neighbor. Check, your check your heart. Yeah, yeah. Point to yourself. Say self. self. Check, your heart. check your heart. Yeah, not, everybody go like that. Just go like that. Four, yeah. And say "Say the path. The path. Say what's the next one? Rocky ground. Rocky say thorn bush. And say good soil. good soil. Okay, one more time. Say the path. The path. Say rocky ground, rocky grass, thorny bush, good soil. and good soil. good soil. Now, don't answer. The question I want you to process in yourself is which one are you, right? Which one are you as we kind of talk about checking our hearts to get to where um, God would have us to go and be who God would have us to be? Very, very important. Here's what I'm learning about um, myself um, the heart is, is deceitful. Um, It's wicked, scripture says, it says, who can know it? Um, Sometimes when I think I'm setting out to do good, I end up not doing so good. Sometimes when I think I'm a certain place, I find out I'm not in the place where I think that I am. Sometimes when I think I'm being obedient to God, I find myself not being obedient to God. So I constantly have to check my heart. And is that just me, or is there another person in here that's kind of like, come on, y'all, are you with me? And, and this, little, this little booger that's inside my chest, it's a metaphor for, for my, the, the seat of my motion and will and all that good stuff. But it's a challenging thing to be who God would have us to be. And I find that at the onset of Jesus' ministry, um, his listeners frustrated the daylights out of him particularly the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders and all the people that were around him, they frustrated him. And if Jesus could just blatantly say what he needed to say to these people to motivate them to change, he'd probably just blust out and say, check your heart, you know, check your heart, check where you're at and um, get to where you would have us to be, uh, where, where God would want you to be. But what we find ourselves in the text as we kind of move to this passage in front of us, he had a problem. Jesus was going around preaching, teaching, doing everything that God wanted him to do. But the opposition, the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, all the people around him just was not getting what he was trying to teach them to get. His concern, of course was that the disciples wouldn't end up being just like the onlookers and the people that were following him or were being around him. So he switches his mode of communication, and he decides to use this thing referred to as a parable, this type of speech that's referred to as a parable to get his on-listeners to get to a place to listen to him. Now, back up with me to... um, chapter 13, verse 1, I want to start there, and I want to share four simple things with you. I'm going to be very, very elementary and very, very simple because I want us to understand what, what the Lord is saying here. Now, before we get to chapter 13, in chapter 11 and 12, he is dealing with the people that's been listening to him. He's been doing miracles. He's been doing all the great things that God does. I mean, Jesus did while he was on earth, and then he, he, he is in, in ministry, then his mother and, and brothers and sisters reaches out to him and said, "Come, we need to talk to you." And then verse 48 of chapter 12 picks up and says, "While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mothers and brothers stood outside asking him to speak to him. Um, what he replied to the man and who told him, And listen to what he says, "Who is my mother and who are my brothers?" And stretching out his hands toward his disciples, "Come on say his disciples. That's a very, very important statement. Come on, say his disciples again. Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mothers, mother and brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Then look at chapter 13. Chapter 13 begins, and he opens up by saying, That same day Jesus went out of the house... And sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him. About him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And verse three says, "And he told them many things in parables." Now, before I go into this brief thing, because we're going to be in chapter thirteen for a while, there's a lot of parables here that I want us to get what it's really talking about. Here he was, doing ministry finds himself in a house. Commentators said it was probably Peter's house, the same house where he was when Peter's mom got sick and he got up and healed her so she can do what she needed to do. He's probably there speaking again. And then his mother and brothers are summoning him to come. And he says, listen... Um, I hear you, but I wonder who really is my mother and who really is my brother. Then he does this interesting thing. He points to his disciples. Now, listen to what I'm saying. He didn't point to the crowd. He pointed to his disciples. Say it again. He didn't point to the crowd, Jomo, He pointed to his disciples, and he said, here are my mothers, and here are my brothers. And then he makes this statement, whoever does the will of my father, that's my mother, and those are my brothers. And he leaves. He goes out into this open area where there was probably a cove on the island. Gets in a boat, and he sat down to teach. And then the Bible says, my Bible says, and then verse 3, and he told them many things in parables. Okay, now, come on, say parables. Parables. Now, I need to kind of talk you through what a parable is so we can kind of get to here, so you can hear what's happening. So, the basic meaning of the term is the term comparison, okay? And what a parable is, it's basically a comparison or a literary device that draws analogy or comparison from everyday experience to deepen one's understanding of a concept. I need you to get this. Come on, say amen. amen. I need you all to get this. So, so, so a parable is, is, is a different way of saying what needs to be said. Here's the depth of, of parables is that you can be in the audience and you can hear this parable being spoken, but if you are not positioned in the right relationship with the speaker, you'll miss what the parable was. I need to talk. I need to talk so you can hear me. I need y'all to hear me. If you're not in right relationship with the speaker, you will miss what the parable was. All right. So don't don't fool ourselves into thinking that all we need to do is hear and listen, and then we'll know what the parable is. We must be positioned. Right to hear what it is. So here's here's the thing about the purpose of parable. Number one, it's to continue to reveal truth to his disciples. So Jesus used parables, and here's what you need to know. This is the first time now in the book of Matthew he changes his mode of speaking. So thirteen of of, of Matthew begins with the first series of parables that Jesus ever speaks. So number one, the reason he goes there is so he can reveal truth to his disciples. Secondly, it's to hide the truth from unbelievers. Now remember me just saying to you, to understand a parable, you have to be in right relationship with the speaker. So if you're not a believer, and a believer is speaking, are you guys tracking with me? You'll miss it every time. So listen to how I'm saying this. He used parable to reveal truth to his disciples, but to hide it from the unbelievers. He used truth to reveal truth to his disciples, but to hide it from the unbelievers. So lock into this. He could be sitting in a boat by the sea with a crowd in front of him, and only 12 people will understand what he's saying, even though he's speaking to the crowd. Interesting stuff. Thirdly, the third reason for parables is to fulfill what it says in Isaiah chapter 6. And we don't have time to go there, but Isaiah talks about Having ears they can't hear, having eyes they cannot see. Are you with me? You listen to the little Eric when he finished, I think it was verse 9, he says, listen to what he said when you got the reading. He that hath an ear. Yeah, so that means there potential exists that there's people with ears but can't. Yeah, you got it. There you go. You kind of get it. So I just need to talk. Very briefly this one so we can walk through this. So Jesus does this probably. He, he says here, and, and he told them many things in parables. And then he says, um, a sower went out to sow. And he starts to kind of talk about some interesting things that he needs people to get there. So now, here's what I want you all to understand as we kind of walk through this. Now, the main idea of this passage is this. I'm going to talk about many things. I'm going to talk about a sower. I'm going to talk about seed. And I'm going to talk about soil. Now, most times when we probably hear this passage preached, we focus in on the sower who could potentially or more than likely Jesus in the text. We focus on the seed which is the word that goes forth from the sower, and we miss the soil. So here's what I want to say to you, and the soil could be symbolic of the heart. This parable is not about the sower. It's not about the seed. It's all about the soil. Okay? And here's what I want you to know about the soil. The condition of the soil, when it received the seed from the sower, made the difference in what was produced. The condition of the soil, when it received the seed from the sower, made the difference in what was produced. And I'll kind of walk through this so we can get to where we need to go. I want you all to get this. So here's a couple of things I want you to see before I even read the text and kind of talk to it. Number one, the sower sowed seed once, and the soil was the recipient of what was sown. Okay? So here's what this looks like. He sits in the boat, and he releases seed. Right? Right? And remember with me, your reception of the seed of the word that was released depends on the relationship you have with the sower. So you could hear but not hear. Okay? The parable is not about the types of soil, but the condition of the soil. Say condition, not types. Say it again. Say condition, not types. I just need need to labor here for a few minutes for us to understand this, because the parable is very simple, and I'm going to walk through it real simply, but I want us to hear this. It's about condition, not type, okay? So what this means is not the type of heart that I have, um, but the condition of my heart when the seed is released. Makes all the difference, okay? And then here's the thing, here's the thing. Irrespective of the condition of the soil in this text, when the seed was released, the soil got the seed. How it responded and what it did with it made all the difference in the world. And this is where I want to talk to us this morning. So let's read. Notice what it says. First of all, it says, let me begin. It says, the soil went out to sow. And then it says here, let me As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Let me read all of this, and I'll talk to it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it did not have no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they did have no roots. they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them And other seed fell on good soil, and it produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then listen to the last phrase, he who has ears. Let him do what? Okay, let me be elementary and walk you through this real quick. So, number one, I want us to look at the seed that fell among the path. Come on, say, the seed fell on the path. Now, let me help you understand what's going on. In Palestine, the land was probably pretty fertile because farming and, and, and um, agriculture, and what's the one with the animals? What's, when you, what's, who's it? No, the, when, when you're raising animals, what are you called? Farming, farming that's it, I couldn't, I, I went blank for a while. Farmers, yeah, thank you, yeah. I was like, whoa, Derek's like, farming, you know? <laughs> Went blank for a while. Very fertile place, right? And and so here here's what happens with, with, with these with these farmers and gardeners and and all these people that work there, is that they would have a patch of ground, and what they would do is sometimes um, the ground would either be plowed prior or the ground would be plowed um, subsequent to the seed. Being sown. What's important in this is that when when the farmer would go out, he wouldn't just walk all over his garden. He would walk in in some places right in between, where um, so he can get to the varying rows. Now, here's what you need to know: in him walking over time, the ground would be trampled on so much that the ground would eventually become hard. You with me? I mean, because, and, and what it would do is it would create a natural path in the middle of the garden. But because the thing has been trampled on so much by the farmer walking on it, and he would go. And with him walking on it, even though it existed in the same garden, because it's been trampled on so much, it eventually became hard. No. He didn't have ear. Yeah. Because it's been trampled on so much (laughs) that that, that it eventually became hard. So watch what happened. The farmer would go, and he would have his bag, and he would take seed. And here's what he would do. He would throw seeds. He would throw seeds. And, and, And he would walk in the path, and he'd throw seed. And the text says some seed would fall on the path. Because he's just throwing seed. This is why I'm saying, um, agriculturally, maybe they plowed before they plowed after, but because the thing had been trampled on so much when the seed fell on it, turn to your neighbors. I hope they hadn't trampled on you too much. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, come on. And, and yeah, you, you guys are tracking with me, right? So, so, so look, at, look at this. This is what it says. This is what it says. Uh, um, the seed, fa- it says, um, you see, when he sowed seed, some fell on the path. And then it says, the birds came and devoured them. Okay? Now go over to verse 18. Let me, I'm going to go back and forth between the first part and the second part. Here's what verse 18 says. Here are the words of the parable. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes, and then he does what? Snatches away what has been what? Sown in the heart, and then my Bible says, This is what sown along the path means. Metaphorically, birds, uh, when used in scriptures like this, are normally symbolic of the evil one coming and taking over things. So here's what happens. Here's what the text is saying. The farmer's going, I mean the sower's going, and he throws seed, and it lands on the path. Not that he tries to avoid the path. He just releases it. But because the path has been trampled on so much, the word can't even get in, so the devil comes and picks it up. Now, now, what's nuanced in the verb I want you all to get is that as soon as the word hits, the devil picks it up. As soon as the word hits, the devil picks it up. As soon as the word hits, the devil picks it up. It has no time to sit there long enough for the rain to come. As soon as it hits, y'all, y'all not, y'all not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying? Be careful if you've been trampled on too much because as soon as the word hits, I wish I had, I wish I had, I wish I had. Let's, let's, let's look at this. So the seed fell on the path, and, and here's the thing. The soil is hard, the text says. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And, and the reason that it's hard is because it's been walked on, it's been stepped over, it's been, it's been abused, it's been misused, it's been a whole lot of stuff, and it has no place to be receptive for what's, what's being released. And this is Jesus' problem contextually with the scribes and the Pharisees. Their hearts were hard, their hearts were not pliable, so there's nothing he could say that could cause them to receive what's being said. So the moment the word was released, here's what the text says, the devil comes and picks it up. The moment it's released, the devil comes and picks it up. It has no, no, no time to set root. It has no time to sit there. The devil comes and picks it up. You guys are getting this? Come on, say, that's what happens to the path. Say it with me. Say, that's what happens to the path. So here's what happened. Here's what it means. The word is rejected, and the reason the word is con- rejected is because path-hearted people are controlled by the devil. So he's not going to let that word sit long enough to get in. You come to church and because the soil is hard, he has birds floating in the church. (laughs) And you can't hear the word because of what happened yesterday you can't hear the word because of past history you can't hear the word because you've been trampled on that a path has been formed and now the heart is hard is this making sense so he's saying to his listeners hey hey lock lock into this And, and 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 excuse the term nobody nobody take this wrong okay Those poor dumb Pharisees and scribes are so dumb, they didn't even know he was talking about them. They had ears and they couldn't. Yeah, y'all get it, okay? So, so and they eat the, word, the, word, uh, the word goes out. They hear the word. And, and it's very important that you, you hear me say, it's not like they can't hear, they hear. It's not like they can't receive, they receive. But the moment it lands, the devil snatches it up. So, here's what it says. They do not understand. And what's nuanced in that verb, do not understand, is they intentionally, volitionally, of their own will, reject what is being spoken. You kind of get it? So he snatches this out of the heart, and the reason he can snatch it out, because he's in control. This is why I'm trying to get us to check, 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 check your heart, check your heart. If you reject wise counsel quickly, it might be that it's landing on the path, and the birds pick it up, mm-hmm. and nothing can get in. If you're stuck in a cycle, and and, and the word is being released, and you hear the word, but you can't change. It might be it's just landing on the path, and the bird is coming in. Pick it up. So check your heart. This is why I'm saying the heart is deceitful, because here's what we say. I know, God! But if it lands on the path and it can't get in, you might want to check. Oh, talk to me this morning, y'all. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got to check your heart, okay? So here's, 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 here's the summary of that first thing, then we're going to move on. The path is, what it means is a hard heart that rejects the word of God because it's controlled by who? The enemy. Very, very important. I mean, I'm going to be simple, and Jesus is speaking in parable. It's controlled by the enemy, and, and so it rejects the word because it is controlled by the enemy. Come on, say the path. The path. Say it again. Say that. That's the path. The path. Okay? And look at the second one. Look at the second one, then we're going to read. Then we're going to move through this. So, so here's the other one. Check to see if your heart is rocky ground. Okay, so understand with me, I'm going to read, same scenario, same situation, he is in the garden, and he is throwing out seed, and the issue of issue here is the soil. Now, what I need you to understand, all of these varying situations that exist in the soil is not outside where the, the sower is sowing seed, it's right in the same vicinity, You kind of get what I'm saying, okay? So notice what it says now. Look at this next. It says, other seed fell on rocky ground, and listen to what it says, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, it did what? With it away. Now let me this is important historical cultural stuff. Same thing with Palestine. So Palestine had these limestone that sometimes would be in the garden on the ground, and the limestone would be sitting at just right under the dirt, and the dirt would sit on top of the limestone. So when the seed is released, it gets in the dirt, but what's under the dirt prevents the roots from going down. And what happens is when you water the, the garden, the water would sit there, but the water would land on the limestone, and it would oversaturate the plant so it's as if the plant is sitting in water forever, and it'll grow really, really, really fast because it's sitting in a puddle of water because the water can't sink through. But the moment the, sand, the sun comes up. Because there is no death. Because there is no depth. Because there is no. You got it. Because there is no. So y'all just say death. Because there is no death, it withers away really fast. Listen to the meaning and let's talk. Verse 20. As for the sown, the, the the what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one. Listen to how it says. Hears the word. And immediately receives it with joy. Oh, word, good word. Thank you. Girl, did you get that word? Word. In the moment, word. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> then the sun comes up. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> he immediately hear him receive with joy. Verse 1, yet he has no root in himself and endures for a while, and then lock into this, when tribulation or persecution arises, and this phrase threw me for a long time. My translation says in the ESV, on account of the word, immediately they fall away. I mean, the word fall away literally means they apostate, or they turn their back, or they give up, or they say, this is not for me. These are the same folk that were saying, And and fool us into thinking they're growing fast, right? But the moment the sun comes, the moment the sun comes up, they wither away. Let's talk about this real quick, then we're going to move on. So here's what it says. The soil was shallow, so it grew fast because it has no depth. The sun rose, it's course the plant, and the plant withered away. So look at the meaning, and then we're going to hit this real quick. So the meaning is this. Shallow followers with no relationship. Shallow followers with no relationship. Hears the word, receives it with joy, endures until... Tribulation comes. Now, didn't Jesus say in his word that there will be trials? There will, come on, didn't he say that? There will be trouble. There will be persecution. Didn't he say all this stuff, right? And because of that, they fall away. Man, I, I hate to use this example, but this is what this looked like. You got folk that'll say, preacher, I'm with you. Man, I'm in the church. Until something goes wrong. That when it goes wrong... Sun comes up, they wither away because they can't handle it. Here's how I like to view this. People that follow God for his stuff, not for who he is. So the prophet comes to town, and here's what they do. They go buy a new tape recorder, but they don't do tape no more. We use our phone, increase the memory so we can get the whole word. And we stand in a prophetic line waiting for a word to be released stuff, right? And man, I got a word, got a word, got a word. I'm excited. I'm filled with joy. But then I go home, and the troubles of life starts to come, and I don't know what to do with it, and what happens? I fall away. Why? Because there is no depth. There is no what? Come on, there is no what? Come on, there is no what? Now, now, let me use this. This is is crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Be careful who you're following. Hear me. If you're following some preacher, if you're following some person, myself included, and you're not following God, you have no... Yeah... Men will fail you. Men will let you down. People will fail you. People will let you down. I've seen more folk that are in relationships, and the relationship starts to go awry, and they they scatter. They don't know which way to go. The wife went crazy. The husband went crazy. And because they were following the spouse and not God— Come on, talk to me this morning. I've seen folk that have been involved in ministry, and the leader of the ministry fails, and we get disillusioned, and we get turn-sided, and we get, man, I am not going to church anymore. Rocky people, because there is no root, and our eyes are on the wrong thing, looking at the wrong places. And so as long as it feels good, I'm there. But when tribulation comes, and it doesn't feel good no more, we're trying to unplug. The sun comes up. Does this make sense, guys? Let me, let me, let me. I want, I want us to get this. So here's, here's what that looks like. Rocky ground. Follow Jesus for his stuff, the miraculous, not for who he is. And look at what I'm saying. These are not genuinely converted people because apostasy is possible. And here, I want you all to hear me say this, That I'm going to move on. If you're saved genuinely. There is nothing that can get you to turn your back on God. Oh, come on, say amen. Say amen. We were just talking about this this past Wednesday, right in Romans 8. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, nor tribulation, nor death, nor angels, nor principality. Come on. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors because we understand, backing up to 8 and 28, in all things, God works together for the good to those who love Him, who are the what called according to His purpose. So, this is what it looks like. We find ourselves in that Shadrach Meshach situation. And that Daniel, even in the fiery furnace, I'm going to serve him, and I'm not going to turn my back. Even in the lion's den, I'm going to serve him, and I'm not going to turn my back. Even though we have to go to Calvary, I'm going to serve him. But if you can't make that call, your heart might be rocky, and there's not a real relationship, so you're here, but you really don't hear. Lord help us. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Look at this one now. Check your heart to see if it's a thorn bush. Say path. Path. Say rocky ground. ground. Say thorn bush. Let's read. Verse 7 Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. Wow. Go over to 22. As far as what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it proves what? Oh, my gosh, I like this one, because this one hits the church. The thorns grew, and, and, and the plant grew with the thorns. But the thorn, my words, became a distraction to the plant, and the plant thought it was a thorn. So it stopped doing what the plant was supposed to do and started doing what thorns do. <laughs> here's what thorn means produce, pursues, and is distracted by worldly pleasures. Here's the word, here's the word, but the cares. And that word, deceitfulness, is very, very important. The deceitfulness of the word, of the world, choke the word, rendering them unfruitful. Now, this is going to be harsh. But it's out of love. Come on, say we love you, Pastor. Pastor. Thank you. That way I can say this. (laughs) I can't come to church because i got to go to my investment club. Or I can't study because. You kind of get what I'm saying? Now, it's not talking about unsafe people. It's talking about people who hear and receive, heard and receive. But so focused on the things of the world that we have misappropriated the true purpose of Christ coming into the world. And we think now it's all about riches in that relationship. Thank you for saying that because I wanted somebody to say that, right? And we have preachers that are preaching, trying to fool the church into believing that Jesus went to Calvary so you can get rich. Come on, y'all. I mean, you hear this. I mean, sow a seed to receive your blessing. Don't act like you had not heard it. Come on, talk to me this morning. And we try to attach create a seed of faith, or this or that, or this or that, this. Come on, come on. And, and we so pursue the rich that the only person getting rich is the person speaking and not the people sowing. And I'm wondering what's wrong with the principle. Are you hearing me? It's not about riches. It's about relationship. Come on, somebody needs to hear me. Jesus did not leave his home in glory just to, you know, walk the dusty road of Calvary he died on that cruel cross so you and I can be rich. I say this all the time. If you want to get rich, get a good job. Yeah, get a good business. Don't get saved to get rich. Get saved so your soul can be saved and we can escape the grips of hell. But what happens is we focus on the wrong thing. And listen to this. We, 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 we start to look thorny. Because the things of the world choke us, and it renders us unproductive, and we can't deliver anymore. Wow. (sighs) I'm almost done. So, the riches of this life, this is what Thorny Bush, worldly pleasure takes precedence over being a devoted follower of Christ. So, thorny people love God but they don't have time for God, (laughs) because other things are more priority. So, I get up, and I go to work, but I forget to pray, and I feel guilty while at work, and I feel bad praying at work, so I look around, Jesus, bless me, go back to work. (laughs) Priorities are skewed, okay? Look at the last one, and I'm done. Look at the last one. Check your heart to see if your heart is what? Come on, say, if it's what? Now, now I'm pretty sure a lot of us aren't so quick to say that anymore, aren't we? Now, look at this. Other seed fell on good soil, and it produced grain. Some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30. And then verse 9 says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Go over to 23. For what was sown on good soil? This is the one. Here's how he interprets this. Who hears the word, understand it, and indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundredfold, another sixty, and another what? Yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm going to give you a practical of this to help you check your heart. So here's what they mean. This is the maturing believer in Christ. They hear the word. They understand it. They bear, bears, or yields much fruit, and it gives you a range So this is a good-hearted Christian is a, what type of a Christian? Say fruitful. Good-hearted Christian is what type of Christian? Come on, say this. What type of Christian? So when God comes to you, they produce a harvest of righteousness. Okay? So let me review real quick, and then we'll stop. The path, the hard heart rejects the word because it's controlled by the enemy, the rocky ground, rocky heart follows Jesus for his stuff, not for who he is. These are not genuinely converted people. The first one are not even saved. The second one, the thorny bush, the heart follows the riches of the life, worldly pleasures, makes, takes precedence over being a devoted follower of Christ. And the last one, the good heart produces a harvest of righteousness. So here's the test, right? Which one are you? Here's how you can check number four real quick. A harvest of righteousness could mean a lot of things. Not just that you come to church. Not just that you pray, not just that we live right, but I think when God looks at you and he looks at me, hear how I'm going to say this, we're bearing fruit. We're bearing fruit. Last I checked, when I walked up to an apple tree that was in season producing fruit, I picked apples. Last I checked, when I walked up to a grapevine that's in season producing grape, we plucked grapes. You you guys are tracking with me? Same is true of an apple, orange, all the above. Here's a question that I'm going to stop. This is going to be very convicting. When was the last time Jesus walked up to your tree and was able to pluck a fruit? Now, don't say, Jesus, I don't lie. Well, lie don't look like you. You ain't supposed to do that know-how. But we're image bearers, right? So in English, here's what that means. How many people have I led to Christ if I'm fertile soil, if I'm good soil? Maybe my heart has fooled me into thinking I'm good, but I'm really thorny. Because something has me distracted that I'm not bearing fruit anymore. Y'all don't got real quiet. I know this is harsh, this is harsh, but, but I want you all to hear me say this. I want you all to hear me say this. So here's what he says, he who has an ear, let him ear. Um, between 9 and 18, his disciple says, Jesus, why are you talking to the people in parables? He says, because I need to say some harsh things, and I don't want to offend the people, but my disciples won't get offended when I say it, because they'll hear, they'll hear. I need to become good soil. You need to become good soil. We need to be good soil. Right? It gets nicer from here. Don't worry about it. This is the worst part of the series. <laughs> it's the worst part. So so here's how we're gonna end service. I think, I think we we created some invite cards. They're somewhere around here, right? And and we're gonna learn how to bear fruit. Those with ears. If you don't have ear, don't don't try this those with ears. I think everybody in here know who I'm talking to. Those with ears. We're going to work where God is working because we're going to produce a harvest of righteousness. And when he sees us, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over many things. Come up, I will make you ruler over much. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're gracious, Lord, you're kind, Lord, you're merciful. Challenging word. But you're speaking in parables and you're speaking to us, Lord. We don't want to be path. We don't want to be rocky soil. We don't even want to be thorny bushes. We want to be good soil. So boldness, boldness. So God, I'm praying for myself and people in this congregation. That God, we would leave here being completely different. We're on mission with you now. We're on mission with you. We're on mission with you. Speak to us, God. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. We give our hearts to you. We repent for, in some cases, being rocky and even being thorny. Forgive me. Forgive me. Because I have ears and I hear we all have hears and we hear. Forgive us, God. We're going to be your disciples. And we're going to tell somebody that God loves them. We give our hearts to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.